Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back. Hope everybody is doing well. Um, hope everybody is doing well. Let's get into the mood. Let's get into the mood. Let's get into the mood. Um, so, <clears throat> I got a lot for you guys today. Uh, NFL Draft is coming up. We got the Michael Jordan documentary coming up this upcoming Sunday. I know everybody's going to be watching that tuned in. Uh, this quarantine is really taking a, it's taking a hit on people. You know, feel bad for the 2020 class. But we're going to get this together. Um, we got NFL draft talk. I got cowboy talk. I got, I got, I got talk. I got, I got, I got things to talk about for you guys. You know, I'm still coming out with content. You know, not a, not not a lot of podcasts are still coming out with content, but I still have content for you guys. I'm ready. Uh, I'm locked and loaded. Let's go on the audio adventure. Let's go. Let's get it after this quick break. Okay, so <clears throat> we got the Cowboys, we got Dak. The Cowboys had a rough offseason. I think I, I talked about this at uh, the previous episode, but the Cowboys had a really rough season. The Cowboys have had a rough offseason, you know, from losing some critical guys on defense, uh, offensive line as well, to, uh, you know, happening you know, to pay Amari Cooper. Most tend to think that that deal was, you know, they gave a little bit, they gave Amari Cooper a little bit more, a little bit more than, than what he was actually worth. But he had buyers on the market, he had takers on the market, so the, the Cowboys had to overpay for him uh, because he's their best receiver. He's their number one receiver, and he helps Dak. And we're going to get into Dak. We're going to talk about Dak. Now, TMZ, they, they reported uh, about, you know, to his party that past, this past Easter weekend, uh, he... TMZ, TMZ Sports reported that hey, he had thirty people. He had 30, at least thirty people at a at a, at a at a party at a dinner party at his house at his home. Dak says he has ten. Um, I I, I don't know. The, I saw the video, the food. I saw footage of the food. I don't know. It, he said he had less than ten. TMZ is saying thirty. I I'm just gonna go with fifteen people. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just gonna go with fifteen people because. That he's saying under ten, he's saying the TMZ saying it's thirty. Let's just go right in the middle and say fifteen, I guess. But with Dak, I get why Dak is doing such things. Ben, I, you know, I mentioned how on how, how how surprised I was about Dak Prescott uh, doing such a thing at such a time because he's usually good with his timing. Uh, he's really good at the press conference. Uh, he says all the right things. All of it. He, he he's had no judicial issues. Um, Sadly, the same can't be said for Ezekiel Elliott, but <laughs> he has had no judicial judicial issues. So this is this is very surprising, out of the ordinary, why Dak would do such a thing at such a time. And I get it; he's younger, he's a he's popular, he has a lot of fame. He's the Cowboys quarterback, and you know he's not you know he's not his age group is not quote unquote 
at risk of the uh, virus. But um, you do have to think of others. And I, I, I gave that whole real spill uh, the previous podcast, if you want to hear that. I gave the whole real spill, the, the whole spill about how Dak should have been uh, thinking he should have been wiser, how that move, that move that he pulled was stupid. I talked about it already. But I want to get into why he did such a thing. And I, 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 I kind of sent, you know, just from the outside, from, from the outside looking into the situation with Dak and the Cowboys and the front office and him getting a contract and him wanting a long-term contract, but they don't want to pay him long-term money. They don't want to pay him big-time money. But on the other hand, they, they say they love Dak. They say all the right things about Dak. They, we love Dak. And Jerry Jones and Steven, they say we love Dak. Dak was our guy. But then when he asked for those big dollar amount, uh, they like, ah, uh, they're real hesitant. They've been real hesitant. They've been real hesitant for about almost, I mean, over a year now. They've been really hesitant on paying Dak Prescott. And I understand it because I have talked about this numerous times on this same very, on this very platform about how Dak, mm, is he worth it? Is Dak worth it? Is Dak worth it? What does he rank as far as quarterbacks? What is his ceiling? What is he? What, what like? What what does Dak need to be a high level guy? Or what is it going to take for Dak to be a high level guy? And I often say I'm for the players getting their money, but I'm also for the franchise, the team, whoever's paying these players or whoever playing this player, this player X amount of money. I'm also on their side too. Because you don't want your team to be financially inviolate. And you're like, I know some people are like, oh, well, I don't care about my team. I, who cares? They don't pay me. Well, I mean, you know, especially in the NFL, you're in a hard cap league and you're wondering why your defense isn't as good. That's because your quarterback is taking up 25% of your, of your salary gap. Your quarterback is making nearly $40 million a year. So that is why you can't fix the holes on your defense, and you wonder why your defense is not good, and you wonder why your O line is not good. Well, you gotta put you gotta put money into those areas if you don't draft well, particularly. So with Dak, Dak is. We talked about Dak, and what you know, I gave you guys my quarterback tiers. Uh, I talked about the scheduling because some people, some well, it's mostly Cowboys fans. But Cowboy fans did not like the fact that I said, hey, the Cowboys, they're not in Super Bowl contention. I don't think they're in Super Bowl contention this year. Um, I think they have lost too much. I think uh, it's, it's too big of a turnaround with, with, you know, with COVID-19 going on. No OTAs. So got to learn a new playbook. Got to learn a new system. Got a new coach in, in Dallas. I just think it's too much of a big around. It's too much of a turnaround. And also... Philadelphia, what's the what are the chances that the Eagles are gonna get? What are the chances that the injury that the that the Eagles are gonna be so injury prone? What are the what are the chances? The chances of them being that injured as much as they were last year is this year unlikely. I I, I highly doubt that the Eagles face the same injury bug that they faced last year. They, they lost everybody. Lost O-line, running backs, receivers. Uh, they lost everybody. That's not going to happen. That, that, that's not going to happen again. So if you, com- if, you, if you have a combination of that with a loaded NFC, 
with the Eagles, not you mean you can almost guarantee that the Eagles are not going to be as injury prone as they were last year. And plus, you look at your roster, the lack of depth. You know, you got you had to overpay some players, and you lost some key guys in some key spots. It's important. And the Cowboy fans didn't like the fact that I said that. So, what I want to get to is, has Dak reached his peak? Has Dak reached his ceiling? Because I don't think Carson Wentz has reached his ceiling. Many people, many would probably argue that Carson Wentz, as the number one overall pick, well, as the top, as a top pick, um, with all the talents and physical talents that he has, many will argue that Carson Wentz has underperformed. Many, many would say that because he is he because the you know due to injuries for the most part, but some people would say he has underperformed. And he hasn't did as much. But for a fourth-rounder, how much more can you add to a fourth-rounder? He's won you a couple of division titles. He's won, you a couple, he's won you a playoff game. He has a few solid seasons. But for a fourth-rounder, a 40-24 and 24 record. But has Dak reached his peak? Has Dak just reached his peak? Now, statistically, he... he, he the, Last year, he had a career-high in touchdowns. But once again, I hate to do this to Dak, empty stats. The Cowboys found themselves trailing in a lot of games last year. Trailing in a lot of games. That's why Zeke numbers went down and Dak numbers went up because they often found themselves trailing in games. And when you're trailing in games, you can't run the football and you have to throw the football down the field. You got to be aggressive. So... I would use, you know, the, you, you know, these numbers, Dak numbers last year are a bit skewed. They're a bit skewed. He almost threw for 5,000 yards. Uh, he nearly threw for 5,000 yards, um, 30 touchdowns, had 11 interceptions, though. He had 11 interceptions. Uh, and, 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 you know, he was, you know, turnover prone. He, he tended to throw a lot of picks due to trying to make plays, trying to make the big play. But... Uh, we we've done we've gone over this arm Dak's arm average, athleticism average, accuracy it's gotten a little better but he's not pinpoint accurate. He's not he he's not pinpoint accurate. Dak is not the guy that's gonna that's gonna put the ball right in between the numbers. Dak is not gonna be that guy even though he had a completion percentage of sixty five, but it has gone down. It's been his his completion percentage has been. You know, sporadic throughout his four-year career. It's been the high 60s, low 60s, mid-60s. And it's, it was at the mid-60s this past year. And I talked about this with the Cowboys schedule. When I, when I did the Cowboys schedule, when I reviewed the Cowboys schedule quarterback-wise, I think we said that Dak, nine of the six... The nine of the 16 games, 17 games, how many, whatever, whatever how many games they play, 16. Nine out of the 16 games this upcoming year, Dak will be the second best quarterback on the field. We said that. We, we've said that already. We have, I have, we, we have already tackled that point. But where does Dak rank in, as far as quarterbacks right now? Okay. Well, 
These are guys that are definitely better than Dak. Rodgers, Mahomes, Wentz, Drew Brees, Ben Ben Roethlisberger, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, Brady. Those are guys, Matt Ryan, those are guys that are all better than Dak Prescott. Without a, you know, Russell Wilson's not an argument. Mahomes, not an argument. Rodgers, not an argument. Drew Brees, not an argument. Lamar Jackson, not an argument. Deshaun Watson, not an argument. You can, you can, you can, you can argue, uh, you can argue being Ben Roethlisberger, but I wouldn't. I, 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 I still have Ben Roethlisberger being better than Dak Prescott at this moment. You can argue Jimmy Garoppolo, but I would argue that Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers, are, they're, they're practically unbeatable. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo, I would give Jimmy Garoppolo the edge. Jared Goff, now, it's guys like Jared Goff where you start the question. Is that better than Jared Goff? Mm, probably, probably so. Some people will probably take that because Jared Goff's taking a bad hit right now. Jared Goff and the Rams taking a, a bad hit. You want to talk about a bad offseason. The Cowboys and the Rams have had a tough offseason. They've had a they've had a really difficult, tough offseason. And if the Cowboys not if they're not careful and if this thing doesn't pay out where when, you know, with their whole scheme and strategy of paying big paying their stars, because the Cowboys are top heavy. If this strategy does not work out, the Cowboys will end up like the Rams probably two years from now. Two, three years from now, they end up like the Rams, where they have to take out money, trade guys, cut guys, you know, just to work that salary cap down. And Jared Goff is now the biggest cap hit in the league. So Jared Goff is taking a bad hit right now. I, I like, and, and I'm a Jared Goff guy. I, 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 t- I tend to be pro Jared Goff, but he's taking a bad hit right now. But there's so many young guys in the league. Matthew, before I get to young guys, but guys like Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has a better arm. Put, don't, let's see. Put Matthew Stafford on the Cowboys. You think he goes better than 8-8? Eight eight? Mm, I don't know. With Matthew Stafford having a better arm, as a talent, Matthew Stafford's better. I don't know if his judgment is as good as Dak. He's not athletically as, he's not, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't possess the athleticism like Dak. But as far as arm, making throws, making those throws, he's a little bit better than Dak. He's a little bit better than Dak in that aspect. Kirk Cousins. Is Kirk Cousins better than Dak? I feel like they're the same guy. I feel like they're the same guy. So Dak is definitely outside of the top 10 quarterbacks in football. But then you have trouble ranking him. So I don't understand it. And I talked about this, like I said, I talked about this in the previous podcast. Dak asking for big money. The Cowboys, that cap space, you know, they, 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 they have paid everybody. They have paid everybody. They have paid Zeke. They have paid Jalen Smith. They have paid. Um, they have. They, they have paid. Um, Demarcus Lawrence, Amari Cooper. They have paid a lot of guys, but the lone wolf is Dak. It can be sometimes a little bit disheartening when you're the lone wolf. And maybe that's what Dak is feeling. Maybe that. Maybe that's what Dak is feeling. But we do. We are going to attest that the Cowboys 
and historically in this league, especially the last 15 years or so, you look at the formula for winning Super Bowls. You look at the formula that you look look at the formula for winning Super Bowls in a hard cap league like the NFL. You have a young quarterback that you really like, that's talented. You built around that, you give him a good old line, you give him a great supporting cast on offense, and you build your defense. Because when your quarterback is on his rookie deal, when your quarterback is on his rookie deal, that allows you, that allows your salary cap to be dispersed equally. You, you, can, you can disperse your salary cap much more easier. It's much more easier to disperse your salary cap when your when your quarterback, your franchise, your quote when your quote unquote franchise quarterback is on his rookie deal. It's much more easier. It gets much tougher when you have to pay your big your your quarterback big time money because he takes up such a large percentage of your salary cap. Rookie deal, quarterback on his rookie deal. Build your O-line, build your offense, supporting cast, whatever. Defense, set it up. Historically, that is how many teams have won the Super Bowl, historically. You can go back and look at it the last 15 years. Last 15 years, go look at it. Young quarterbacks, rookie deals, build, all, build offensive weapons, supporting cast, Build defense. Unless you have one of those guys like Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, those elite guys, Aaron Rodgers, those elite guys, unless you have those guys, unless you have those guys, those guys can overcome lack of a great defense. Those guys can overcome um, a missing receiver. Those guys can overcome, you know, not having a great left tackle. Not a lot of quarterbacks can, though. Not a, not a lot of quarterbacks can. I see you guys after the break. We're going to talk some Michael Jordan and LeBron James. And I'm going to tell you why LeBron James, why this is going to be the toughest weekend for LeBron James. This is going to be a tough weekend for LeBron James. I'm going to tell you why after the quick break. <laughs> Before I even get into this, um, I want to just first say this. <clears throat> I'm a big LeBron James fan. I love LeBron. Love LeBron a lot. I love LeBron a lot. But it's going to be a tough weekend for him. 
<laughs> it's gonna be a tough weekend, fam. And people have just been so bored out of their mind because the jo- the Jordan and LeBron goat, you know, debate has been always a debate that you know that's always been you know highly you know highly criticized from both from both standpoints. Like there's the you know you have LeBron younger generation that says, hey, LeBron's the greatest ever. Do it, blah blah blah. And then you have the Jordan, you know, fans, fandom, the, the, the cult following of Jordan. And they like, no, Michael was better. And it's like, no matter what side you're on, it seems like no side can be pulled or persuade, persuaded that the other was better than the other one. And this one is the goal. So, okay. Jordan is still it's universally known as the greatest basketball player of all time. No argument. He, 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 universally, he's known as that. And I think I mentioned this already. I think I mentioned this already, but if I haven't, here it goes. There'll be a generation that swears LeBron is the greatest of all time. That's my generation. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that's going to be my generation that I'm referring to. They're going to... They, they, this generation and the next one will probably swear up and down that LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. And to be honest, he has a really good argument. <laughs> for for those who argue that, that you know, for, for those who argue LeBron, that's a really great argument. That's a really good argument. It's a really good argument. It's a strong argument that you have. With him being with his physical abilities, uh, the, the 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 records, the, the accomplishments, the accolades, it's a it, it's a hell of an argument. But what you're going to witness this Sunday with this Michael Jordan docs part, I think part it's a ten part documentary, but I think parts one and two come out on Sunday. I think only parts one and two come out on Sunday. This is not an ad, by the way. <laughs> this is not an ad. But what you're going to see on Sunday is a different type of guy. You're going to see a different type of player than LeBron. And LeBron is great in his own right. But it's still something to it's still something to be said about a guy that still his shoes still outsells any other basketball sneaker or any other basketball player's shoe that plays today. And Michael Jordan's been retired for almost 20-plus years. He's he's almost been retired for 20-plus years. And his, you know, people don't want to count the Wizards days, but let's be quite, let's be honest. Jordan last year's was in Chicago, and you're gonna go. You're gonna. They, you're gonna. Some people are gonna relive. People have forgotten. People have forgotten how great Michael Jordan was. People have forgotten how great those Bulls teams were. And that's why a couple weeks ago, I thought. I, I think. I, I. You know. I mentioned the 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 the, the second three P team. That second three P team had everything. Yeah, it, it had everything. It, it, it had everything. The coach, defenders, scores. The versatility, the star factor, the flashiness, the cool factor—they had everything about them. They had everything about themselves. That's why I religiously continue to say, 
It's the greatest team of all time. That that second three P team, greatest team of all time. People don't even know this. Ron Harper was a was a was a role player was a role player on that on those teams. Ron Harper in the eighties, when he played with Cleveland, Ron Harper was an all star. Ron Harper was a guy that can score twenty plus points a night, that averaged twenty plus points. He was an all star. On, in Cleveland, in Chicago, he was a role player. He was he was the he was the third. He was the fourth option. He was he was he was the fourth option. So so I don't think people realize like how like how good you know. Besides we know how great Michael was. We know how great Scotty was. Dennis Rodman gets often talked about. Tony Kukoc even gets often talked about. But Ron Harper was a was a was an all star level player in Cleveland in the eighties. And he was the he was like the fourth option on the on those Bulls teams. So people are gonna see the you know if, because I feel like people have forgotten. And it's no slight against LeBron. It's no slight against LeBron whatsoever. Because uh, this podcast we support LeBron. We talk about LeBron a lot. We support LeBron. And you know I typically uh, you know I could, I'm pro LeBron typically. But people have forgotten. And people tend to forget because they, you know, rightfully so. They haven't seen they haven't seen Jordan play in about twenty years now. Um, like I said, those Wizards days, yeah, he played, but he just he just came back for the hell of it. But people haven't seen Jordan in the last twenty years. LeBron has been dominating the league for the last fifteen, so that's all we see, and it's a bit recency bias, but that's all we see, and rightfully so. But this doc on Sunday that comes out, it, it will show you a different animal. It would it would show you a different guy. It it would cer- it will it would certainly show you a different guy. And you know if they, you know I you know I seen reports that NBA owners, NBA executives, people in the NBA you know executive you know head office, they feel really confident about a season. There's growing confidence that a season, the postseason. Will continue, but I also saw a report that hey, if the postseason does not continue, they're gonna choose a champion. Now I don't know how that's gonna work. I I I don't know how that's gonna work because, you know, record wise, the Bucks were the best team record wise. Uh, best odds according to Vegas, the Lakers had the best odds according to most, according according to most of the big boys in Vegas. And then I know some people will argue the Clippers. So. I don't know how they would choose how they would choose that, but if the season was canceled and there was no postseason, that this will be the second straight year where we have got we have not seen LeBron James in the postseason. Now, mind you, that would be the first time that it happened that we had two years back to back times where we got to see no LeBron James in the playoffs. Usually, LeBron and the, I mean. Especially these last few years, like you know, these last before before he got to L.A. and he missed and he you know missed last he missed the playoffs last year. Before he got to L.A., the playoffs was was a setting that was the time of year where LeBron all remind us he remind the NBA world on why he was the best player in basketball last year and this year if the season is canceled for the remainder of the year this would be two straight years that LeBron was not able to do that 
And that leaves the, you know, because people have made the argument after Kawhi made his big, his big time historical run in the, in, in the playoffs with Toronto last year, people, people take that and they say, hey, Kawhi's the best player in basketball. And LeBron was in the postseason last year. LeBron, if the, if the season, like I said, if the season is canceled, LeBron would, be, would not be in the playoffs this year. And he would not have opportunity to show or to, you know, to remind us on why he's the best player in basketball, even though I still think he's the best player in basketball because, um, you know, at age 35, year 17, uh, guiding the Lakers to the top-seeded team in the Western Conference, um, the role players are uh, somewhat questionable, but you have Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has matured and became a better player. So I, I, I think LeBron is definitely the best player in basketball. But for those people that think that's still saying Kawhi and Giannis, rightfully so, because Kawhi had a big-time run in the postseason. I understand it. And that's why LeBron, a postseason, would help LeBron. Because during this time, I mean... Like, like, seriously, around this time of the year, April, May, June, LeBron is in the postseason. LeBron is en route to another finals appearance. That's not happening. That's not happening at this moment. Instead, instead of that happening, we have a 10-part documentary about the Bulls, the 90s Bulls, and the 90s Bulls. It's going to be highlighted, and it's going to be centered around... Michael Jordan, and that will that will bring remembrance back to some people's minds. And if you weren't alive during the time, it will show you how great Michael Jordan was, and it'll show you why people universally know Michael Jordan as the goat. It will. It, it just will. Because LeBron, it, it's going to be a tough weekend for LeBron, because LeBron has openly talked about it. He's openly talked about how he chases Jordan. He chases Jordan. LeBron's not, LeBron's not chasing down Kawhi. If, if anything, they're chasing down LeBron. LeBron's not chasing down Kawhi. LeBron's not worried about KD. LeBron's not worried about the Celtics. LeBron is not worried about the Clippers, Patrick. But he's not worried about the Bucks, Giannis. The guy he's worried about? is the guy that's not even playing anymore. He often refers to him as the ghost, Michael Jordan. That is the guy that has a documentary centered around his team and himself this Sunday. I, I, I think, I, I, you know, this is, this, you know, this type of move with, with the last dance and this documentary that's coming out with Jordan, it will highlight and it will, it, it will show you how fiery of a competitor Jordan was, how much of a different animal he was, and how how big he was. Just saying, a cool factor. It's going to show you Jordan was the best dressed. Jordan had the best sneakers. Jordan had the best game. Jordan was the most flashy. Jordan was, Jordan was everything. It's going to show you. It's, it, it, it's going to show you. I also saw a report out um, come out about the Eagles trading up for C.D. Lamb. I don't think that's going to happen. They will. I think the Eagles will draft a receiver in the first round, but I do not think the Eagles will trade up 
for C.D. Lamb. I talked about C.D. Lamb. I talked about the evaluation period with Oklahoma and how I view those teams in the Big 12, in the ACC, in the Pac-12, and so forth. I don't see Philadelphia. I don't see Philadelphia moving up in the draft to trade up. Trade up? Move up for what? For a receiver? So many receivers in the first round. I'm going to talk about that. So, yeah, I heard this this report with uh, with Philadelphia, the Eagles. And, yeah, they're, gonna, they're definitely going to draft a receiver in the first round. They need a receiver. They're, they're hurting. They, uh, they went out and traded for Darius Slay. Love the move. I just think the Eagles are way too smart of a franchise to, to move up for a receiver in the draft um, where it's a receiver-rich draft. There, it's a receiver-rich draft. You get you you you're gonna get you a receiver. And let's be let's be let's just be honest. Um, these receivers, these first round receivers, if they don't go to the right system, if they don't go to the right team, right quarterback, these some of these receivers are not gonna pan out. Like at least one of these receivers are not gonna pan out. I think Jerry Judy is gonna work. I think Jerry Judy works anywhere. Um, if he, now, I, I don't know anywhere about Jacksonville, like teams like Jacksonville, the bad teams, uh, he would, he would have some, he would struggle there. But if a team like the Giants was to draft Jerry Judy, he'd be a, he'd be an instant help right there because I, 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 I really like Jerry Judy. So I think he'd be an instant help right there. But a guy like CD Lamb, I said this the other day, I said this on the, 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 the podcast the other day. It's much, as a GM, I know it has to be much harder to evaluate these guys when they play in the Big 12 and the Pac, especially the Big 12. I, you know, I, I like Lincoln Riley. I love what he does with his system. Um, I, I consider Oklahoma as, a, as, a, as one of those top, was one of those powerhouse programs along with Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson because Oklahoma find themselves in the college football four. They find themselves winning the, the the conference every year, and one hey, and look at look at this. An AFC executive came out and said this about Jalen Hurts. I thought about Jalen Hurts. I said Jalen Hurts. He, he he. I mean, he got a little bit better this year. His accuracy got better. But what did I say about Lincoln Riley? And it's the same thing with Chip Kelly. Look at Lincoln. Look at all the quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley has had: Baker Mayfield, Kyle Murray, Jalen Hurts. Now. Tell me if I'm wrong. Just tell me if I'm tripping or not. And I like the kid Jalen Hurts. He's not. He's a. He's a good kid. He's a. Um. You know. He's a good kid. He graduated from Alabama. Uh. You know. He left. Transferred. We all know the situation there. But just tell me if I'm tripping or not. His first. His at 42 games at Alabama. Jalen Hurts had 48 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. 14 games at Oklahoma. He had 32 touchdowns and eight interceptions. So he had almost as many touchdowns. If he played two years, if he played two more years at Oklahoma, he would have had about close to 100 touchdowns, 100 passing touchdowns. And then you add in the fact he had 20 rushing touchdowns at Oklahoma last year. 20. His 42 games at Alabama, he had 23. Now I know you guys are like, oh, he's just he, he got better. He improved. 
he got better a little bit. But there's a correlation here with Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, and quarterbacks in the Big 12. There's a correlation. Big 12 is a conference, plays no defense. TCU is the only team that plays defense. TCU is the only team that plays defense. But this is my thing about this is my thing about CeeDee Lamb. Compared to CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. Some people might think Jerry Judy, some people might think CeeDee Lamb is better than Jerry Judy. But to me, honestly, I think Jerry Judy is much more easier to evaluate. Jerry Judy played against NFL type guys more often than CeeDee Lamb did. Jerry Judy played LSU. He played Georgia. He played Florida. He played uh old miss. He played Texas AM. Because the SEC they produce NFL guys. Even the even the bad SEC teams. You know, your old Miss, Texas AM, or not, not even bad, but mediocre. Your mediocre SEC teams still produce a high amount of NFL players. And I and compare that, compare the mediocre teams, compare the mediocre SEC teams to the mediocre Big 12 teams. It's night and day. It's night and day, and the mediocre big and the mediocre SEC teams will smash the mediocre Big Twelve teams because they have more NFL guys. They have more NFL guys. They just do. It, it, I don't. And you know, I, I think it's. You look at Baker. You look at Kyler Murray. I think um, you you just look at just look at their numbers. Baker, like for example, Baker numbers were crazy. They were crazy good. With with Lincoln Riley, I think his touchdown to interception ratio was nine to one, just out. I mean, his numbers were crazy. But you look at Baker in the pros, and I know he's young, but he, he you know he he's been a star in this league for a minute now. He's been he he's gotten a real accustomed to this league. He looks rattled. He looks rattled. You if you take away those games that he played against Cincinnati, where where he had his biggest games as a pro, he just looks rattled. Um and, and that that's and that's where I, I I you know when we had the comparisons of Ceedee Lamb Jerry Judy, I I I you know Ceedee Lamb is a bigger athlete yes, but I look at Judy and I say he played against NFL talent, he he he, he played against NFL talent and he 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 burnt those guys, he killed those guys, he 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 he, he killed those guys and I like I love I love watching. Uh, LSU, Alabama. I love watching the SEC so much. I can't stand watching Big Twelve. Big Twelve. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's a pillow fight. It's a. It's a, it's a pillow fight. And it's nothing against Oklahoma. Cause I know. I know you. Some of you guys probably think, oh, I have something against Oklahoma. I have nothing against Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma. I like what Lincoln Riley does. I like what he does at the job. Um, he's gonna win a lot of games. Uh, the way how he plays offense, he's gonna win a lot of games, and his quarterbacks are the, are gonna continue to put up big numbers. But you look at a guy like I always, I was always enamored with Chip Kelly in Oregon. Uh, it, you know the Oregon uniforms, the gear, the offense, the play style. Always loved it. Always loved it. Or used to, uh, because he's not there. But. I look at guys like Darren Thomas and um and, and Marcus Mariota. Those guys, those guys didn't work out in the pros. Those guys didn't work out in the league. Darren Thomas don't know where he is. Marcus Mariota, 
Uh, he's a backup. He's a backup now. He's a, he's a backup guy now. Maybe he can get a. Maybe he can get a. Maybe if he you know if he can outdo uh, Derek Carr, maybe he can outdo Derek Carr and get the starting job in Oakland. But uh, I, 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 he, he's a backup now. He, I think he's a he's a career backup now in in the NFL. So you look at guys like that. I, I just I, I I don't know what to say. I often shrug my now. In the ACC, I know you guys are probably saying, "Well, why know you not? Why are you not saying the same for Trevor Lawrence?" Trevor Lawrence is a, 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 a remarkable talent. Trevor Lawrence, when I and I've been following this kid since he's since he's been in high school. Trevor Lawrence, I, I, and maybe I'm maybe I'm just too young to know, but that is by far when I saw his high school. That was by far the best the best quarterback I ever seen in high school. I mean that was that, that was by far the best that was by far the best quarterback I seen coming out of high school. <laughs> and he might be he might be a little bit better of a he might be a little bit better prospect than Andrew Luck. Uh, so when you guys say, oh, what about Trevor Lawrence? You don't talk about Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence played in the ACC? Okay, he plays in S- he plays in ACC. Yeah. But he is a generational type talent, and you can't teach though. You can't. You can't teach what he has. You can't teach. It's just. It's you know. It's, he has something special, and you can't teach that. Um, so that's why. That, so with Oklahoma, I I I, I feel bad for some of these GMs. Uh, but some of these GMs, some of these coaches, I in scouts, I just wonder how they how they look at certain guys, and how do they look at certain guys. And do they really pay attention to the, like what conference they play in? Because I feel like that's a big that's a big part. I, I feel like that that plays a, a a huge role in like how dominant that guy was in college. I think it should, I, I I think it plays a huge role. We've seen it, and we've seen this a lot of times with quarterbacks that play in great systems in college, but. Just don't have, don't just don't have it to work out. They just don't have they, it. Just it just doesn't work out at the next level for those guys. I, it just doesn't. It just doesn't work out for those guys at the next level. Um, even a guy like uh, people said they like Jake Fromm. Uh, he played with, and I look at I look at who they play with. Jake Fromm played at Georgia. Georgia produces. A lot of NFL guys, NFL online, NFL linemen, NFL running backs, NFL receipt. Uh, I'm not. I'm not huge on Jake Fromm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just not huge on him. Not huge on him at all. Maybe he can work. Maybe depending on where he goes, maybe he can work out in the league. Um, and that's what I said about CD Lamb. Go look at. I watch these games. You guys watch the highlights. Go look at CD Lamb. Go back and look at uh, some of those games with uh, against o- o- with Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley schemed him open, and I said this on the previous part. I said if CD Lamb can get if he can get drafted by the 49ers, that'd be a blessing because Kyle Shanahan is one of those coaches in the league that will scheme you open. He can scheme you open. He does. He he does with Debo Samuel. He can scheme you open. Kyle Shanahan would be able to scheme CD Lamb open. I think if I think if CD Lamb, I mean, I think if Jerry Judy was to go to the Giants, I think he have an automatic impact. I just I think that's how good Jerry Judy is. I think he have an automatic impact, um, and it'd be a blessing in the sky if CD Lamb 
uh, gets drafted by the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan because many coaches in this league don't skin you open. I'll be back um, after the quick break. some high school news, but it's big news for the NCAA and it's big news for the NBA as well. So projected number one overall pick, 20, uh, the 2021 draft class, Jalen Green decided, I reported this by way too, by the way, uh, J, you know, Jalen Green, he reportedly is going to choose the D-League over any college offer that he has received. He's going to the G-League um, and he has a salary of $500,000. I know some of you guys think, okay, he doesn't get the indication. No. The G League is providing that they're gonna provide even you know so if he tends to you know say hey, I don't I don't want to do basketball no more or have a horrific injury, uh, then he can choose to go back to school to get his education. Education. Um, just had to point that up because you know <laughs> I I was just having this debate about um, the NCAA and I like it I I like what the NCAA does for uh, you know as far as the the brands the schools especially in football. I like it. I really do like it. I like it. I like. I, I love watching Alabama. Love watching Ohio State. Love watching Clemson. Dabo Sweeney. I love the coaches, especially in college football. In basketball, it's a little bit more janky. Obviously, it's it's a, it's a lot more janky than in, in, in college basketball than it is in college football. But with college football uh, and with the NCAA, it, you know, it the, the whole amateurism uh, aspect of college football and the NCAA trying to stop the the basis and stop the basic pra- practices of uh of, of, of America capitalism of US a cap- capitalism it, it it's just not how the way it works and even if they do try to stop and try to make their try to put their imprint you know their their stamp financially it doesn't it never works because you have so many you have so many boosters outside boosters uh, for certain schools coming out, uh, shoe companies that pay these guys under the table. Simple as that. It, it, it's simple. It's it, it's it's simple. I saw. Um, I made it. I made it. I, I I had to. I I had to point this out, and I don't know, but I had. I I just I just had to point this out because I, I guess this was decision week for the big time basketball players because I saw a lot of big time basketball high school basketball players um, making that decision. Joshua Chris Joshua Joshua Christopher was another one. Top ten top ten player in the country. He chose Arizona State. Huh? Arizona State? You telling me Arizona So you saying Arizona State got one of the ten best players in college basketball or in high school basketball. Pretty sketchy to me. Pretty sketchy to me, but uh that that that's just me. Pretty sketchy to me. Uh I, you know I, I know, I don't know. But Joshua Christopher uh, best of luck to him, and you know, happy for his decision or whatever. But 
He was a top 10 high school player, and he chose Arizona State. Not Duke, not Kentucky, not Michigan, not Michigan State, not Kansas. Arizona State. But that's neither here or there. So, so the OBJ. OBJ situation in Cleveland. Boy, oh boy. OBJ, I, 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 I have really appreciated OBJ. And I, and I used to be, I used to bang, I used to bang on OBJ a lot. But with the Antonio Brown situation and the mess, <laughs> Oh, with, with OBJ, with, with his little tactics, what OBJ does, his little tactics, uh, him wearing the watch on the field, is nothing compared to AB's drama. It is nothing compared to AB's drama. So I want to first, because I've been, a, I've been a critic of OBJ, but I have grown to like him. And I, well, I always like OBJ, because I, I always like the, um, the personality that he showed off the field. Always loved it. Always loved the swagger. Always loved the demeanor. But uh, that uh, AB's and, and, and OBJ's drama—two different things. Two different, two two separate situations. But in Cleveland, it's been rough. He's uh, you know, it's a lot of turmoil. It's a lot of drama in Cleveland. Baker and Freddie Kitchens offensive scheme. I, now I do think. Kevin Stefanski will help them offensively. I think you will see a much more fluent offense. But Odell, I love how the way Odell has handled this whole Cleveland situation. I, Odell, I, I, I follow him. I, I follow him. Odell, he's like he's a big city guy. He loves L.A. He loved he loved New York. Cleveland ain't really Odell's vibe. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. I have no inside sources telling me nothing. I can just tell, and just by seeing OBJ, mm, Cleveland ain't the vibe. Cleveland ain't the vibe. It's not the. It is not the vibe for OBJ. So I know Cleve, I know I, o, Odell would rather be somewhere else, ideally. But obviously him and his camp, not going to come out and say that. I get it. I understand it. I like it. I appreciate the maturity. Love it. I, I, I absolutely love how Odell has handled this situation in Cleveland. Quarterback, uh, coach, uh, front office, uh. But Odell, he, he's been straight and steady. He's, he's been straight and steady. And you, it, it, it proves it. It, it. it proves it. Go back and look at, go back and listen to what I was talking about. Go back to the regular season of last year when I was talking about the, the, the Browns. I wasn't talking about Odell. I mean, I talked about him with the watch situation. He shouldn't be wearing the watch. But outside of the watch situation, I wasn't talking about Odell. I was talking about Baker. I was talking about Freddie Kitchens. I was talking about the front office. I was talking about the O-line. I, I wasn't talking about Baker. I mean, I wasn't talking about Odell. I was talking about Baker, though. I wasn't talking about Odell. So I'm glad to see him mature. But, in you know, so the rumor came out and said, hey, the Minnesota Vikings are in trade talks with the Cleveland Browns for Odell Beckham. 
And I understood that Odell was going to Cleveland and he played he's gonna play with his best friend in Jarvis Landry. And Baker's a young quarterback on the rise. I understood it. Uh I didn't feed in much to the Baker was, was a young quarterback. I, I didn't feed into much of that. I didn't feed into much of that. But I was like, okay, we'll give it a try. Even though I I, I looked at that Cleveland I, I looked at the Cleveland roster, and now that, that we look at it today, uh do they do, do, do the do the Browns really need Odell? Do they really need Odell? Austin Hooper, David Njoku. So you have two good tight ends, two really good young tight ends. You got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt in the backfield, two really good young running backs. With Jarvis Landry, a number one receiver in this league, do you really need Odell if you're Baker and the Browns? so i i don't think so i didn't think they needed baker i didn't think they needed the baker i didn't think they needed odell in the first place i didn't think they need him in the first place but they got him okay great great congratulations you but the the cleveland fit the odell and cleveland just doesn't look right doesn't feel right you can look at their games baker tries to force the ball to odell he tries his best to force the ball to Odell, and it looks bad. It looks bad. Now, like I said, I think Baker will be better. I think the Browns will be better. I think Kevin Stefanski will help that. I think he'll help that. Um, the Browns' defense, especially their front line, is going to be pretty decent. It's going to be really good. Pretty decent. Let me not say that. It's going to be really good. Baker, the, 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 the Browns' front seven is going to be really good. So I, I like what Cleveland's doing. But a move like this would help because let's think about it. Do they really need? Do they really need Odell? Odell's like that, you know. You you know. I know everybody had that Christmas where you wanted something, you wanted that toy, or you wanted them sneakers, but instead your mom or your parent got you that coat. Yeah, you don't. Odell's that flashy toy that you really don't need. Offense alignment for the Cleveland Browns may be that coat. That they need in the wintertime. Yeah, I think they should take that. I think they should take that. Um, I, I, um, I heard that the Vikings, they stopped trade talks. But I would like to move from Cleveland. I would like to move from Minnesota. Because Minnesota already moved off of Stephon Diggs. They add Odell. And Odell is, I, I think, I would say he's a little bit more talented than Stephon Diggs. He adds, he adds you know, gives you, that, gives you another good receiver. I think this helps both sides. Uh, that's just me. I think it helps both sides. I, I really do think it helps both sides. Cleveland don't really need Odell. Uh, the Odell and Cleveland thing really don't mesh. Odell, I mean, Cleveland's not really Odell's vibe. Odell loved big city. He loved the flashy lights. He, he goes to Paris often. He loves L.A. He, he loves L.A. He has a house in L.A. Trust me. Uh, New York. He loved New York. Uh Cleveland's not really his vibe. I don't. If you think if you think Odell's gonna end his career with the Browns, you're kidding. You're, you're kidding. You're kidding, or you're, you're you're crazy. You're crazy if you think Odell's gonna end his career in Cleveland. God awful. He's been trying to get out of there since he's landed. He's the, the, the camp. Odell. They're not gonna say that. They're not gonna make that public. But trust me. Ah, uh, hey, hey, hey. Odell is in Cleveland. That is not the vibe for him. Trust me, 
it's not. It is not. Okay, so one last thing. Um, Bill O'Brien came out and said, hey, don't give me a lot of heat. Don't give me a lot of heat. The, he said that from the fans. I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm media. I, I, don't, I can care less about the Texans. Uh, I do like Deshaun Watson. I, I, I'm a real big fan of him. I, I, think he's, I think he's one of the most he's a young, talented quarterbacks who has a chance, if given the opportunity, to be a, one of those tier one guys because he has the talent. He, um, he, he has it all. The guy had the goods. But Bill O'Brien said, hey, give me a break. Uh, we, let, this DeAndre Hopkins deal, let's not make it bigger than what it is. Okay. Now, I said this, I said this um, when the deal was made. I said, I understand why Bill O'Brien made the move. Because the, the, the Houston, I, I talked about it a lot. The Texans were in, in, they were in a dire need for draft picks. They needed draft picks. They got to get their team better because they're trying to clear up cap space for Deshaun Watson and they're not going to be able to spend huge money. They got to get their own line. They got to build their defense. They got to get better. So I understood trying to get draft picks, but you traded DeAndre Hopkins away for a bag of chips and some peanuts. I, I, I mean, I, I, I did not understand the move. Now, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't understand why he received so little for the move. Now, I do get, you know, some people might, some fans, DeAndre Hopkins, him being a high-level receiver, uh, uh, I mean, not, let me not even say high-level. He's an elite receiver in football. So I understand why some fans got a little, you know, over, you know, oh, what happened, DeAndre Hopkins, he's the best receiver in football. Fans, they're going to do that because, Fans is fan is short for fanatic, so fans are fanatics. Fans love their teams, and if you trade one of the, you trade one of those one of their best players away, you 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 better get a lot for it. But this remind me of the Raiders move for John Gruden. Everybody got on John Gruden for trading away Khalil Mack. Everybody, I mean, everybody was oh you trade John the Raiders trade away Khalil Mack. Look, 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 look at what happened. Khalil Mack got traded to Chicago. The Raiders got all those picks. The Raiders, by far, last year, the Raiders won the draft last year. The Raiders, by far, won the draft last year. They had, I mean, just about every player they drafted was impactful. Every player they drafted was just about, was just impactful. They were a starter. They became stars. So let's, let's see what happens. Let's see what, what Houston and what Bill O'Brien gets out of this deal. Um, I'm not letting him off the hook. I still, yes, I still question his judgment as a GM and a coach. I still trust his, ju- I still don't trust his judgment. And I don't like the fact that he, he gave away DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of chips. What what are you what are you thinking? He gave away for a bag of lays. What are you thinking? So I I, I understand why fans are a little like rowdy because of that, but I get why he made the move. They need picks. Understand it. You need picks. This is a really good draft. Build your O line. Build your defense because you're gonna have to pay Deshaun Watson. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to pay the. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a hefty price. To, to pay Deshaun Watson because he's that good. 
He is that good. So I understand the move. I do not understand why he got so much, so little from the deal. Then he got Dave. He took on David Johnson's bad contract. He took up a wash running back in David Johnson in his contract. He come on, give me a break. David Johnson was great on fantasy football four years ago. Give, give me a break. Get, don't understand the move, but with him being the GM and the ball, I mean, and the balls, with him being the GM and the coach, essentially he's the boss <laughs> outside of the owner. He's the boss. Uh, this, this is the heat you take. And, and he's right. You're right. Bill O'Brien, please don't come for the media because this, this, this is what happens. You make moves, I react. You, you, you know, the way how you coach a game, I react. You win a game, I react. You lose a game, I react. Fans, okay, you tell, them, you, you tell fans don't push the panic button, but uh, I react to every move. I react to every move. So um, let's just, but with the Raiders, that move, everybody, every, I mean, everybody banged on John Gruden when he made the move for Cleo Mack. When he traded away Khalil Mack. I mean, they were like, how could you trade your best player? He Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack in Chicago. Khalil Mack, he's good. Is he gonna is he gonna win is he winning Chicago playoff games? Is he winning Chicago the division? No. <laughs> he's not doing that. And he's a great and Khalil Mack is a great player. He's a great pass rusher. But He's not changing the fact that Mitch Trubisky is not the guy in Chicago. <laughs> He's not changing that fact. He's not that good. He can't play offense and he can't play defense and offense. So uh, you know, let, let, let's 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 see what he get out of the deal. Let's see let's let's see what transpire with with the uh, with the Houston Texans with these draft picks that they acquired from this so called fair trade. <clears throat> but um, definitely next week, big week next week. We got the NFL draft. Um, I think before the NFL draft, I'm gonna give you guys my top ten players coming out of this year's draft. My top ten, my top ten players that I like, not the best ten, but the top ten players that I like coming out of this draft. I'm gonna give you that. Um, I'm gonna give you that guy. I'm gonna give you that to get it. Give that to you guys. Um. On the next podcast before the draft. Before the draft takes place, I'm gonna give you guys my uh my, my 10 players. Uh so without further ado, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the IKP the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um we 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 don't run out of content, it seems like. We do not run out of content, but I think after this draft, a couple weeks after this draft, we might be running out of content, but that's neither here or there. Um without further ado, I'm gone, I'm I'm out. Uh, Michael Jordan doc come out this Sunday, Last Dance, parts one and two. I cannot wait. Uh, So, see you guys.